This is the hawkfanatic.com segment brought to you by Cowboy Lawn Care. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, 101 South Dubuque Street, downtown Iowa City. Big Dog Satellite Internet and Solar. Don't call an 800 number. Call Kevin and his crew at Big Dog, a premier dish authorized retailer at 338-6600. Brought to you by Supel's Flowers, the home of 1-800-800-ROWS. GT Car, his great crew at Supel's Sighting and Remodeling. Just got an a email about a job that they had done and uh, just praising them and thanking the station for, uh, you know, for putting them on to them. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for cars. Steve Anderson, Hawkeye Title and Settlement. And Patrick Eads and everyone at Deary Brothers, Ford Lincoln. From hawkfanatic.com, here's Pat Hardy. Good morning. Morning, morning. Did you say... Uh I wasn't listening. I was talking to Pat. Premier yeah. Automotive is back with oh, us. Oh, Premier Automotive. Yeah. I did, no, I did not. Yeah, they're back to, starting today. Okay. They're well, the ones uh, if you hit a deer. Call, call Premier. Premier. Call yeah. Premier. Yeah. Hunter, need a new list. See, this is when you guys should play the welcome back theme. Welcome back. Even though I really didn't like that song or that Your sitcom. dreams were your ticket Take it out. out. Did not like that sitcom either. Uh, I did. Yeah, it was. Never it was okay until Cotter left. Just never worked for me. I did like the angry <laughs> principal that would come by. I liked his character. Remember yeah. him? Yeah, because he took over at the end. Did he see? I was dead. Lost me by. For that. some reason, Cotter left. His wife was still there, and the to, principal. Was... He, he went to Cadwallader to coach the basketball team <laughs> in fast break. God damn. <laughs> he did fast break near the end of Welcome Back, Cotter. Yeah. I think there's a connection there. Well, I watched some uh, women's basketball this weekend. I thought you were going to say White Boy Rick when I heard no. W. It was on this morning, and it's on today at 4.54, if you guys are interested. No. Well, we're not. On <laughs> like Channel 884, something like that. It is amazing, though, with all the movies that you guys watch by suggestion that you won't watch this one. I think you're just being pig-headed now. I just it doesn't I'm not interested really in the, the, the subject matter. No, yeah, but really. some of the movies you guys have watched. Oh, I Fair I mean, enough. It could be a lot to, better than due to just somebody suggesting it. I find it kind well, of funny. like what? I well, two, I mean, where do I start? I watched two uh, movies this weekend that uh, were were entertaining, but they weren't cinematic masterpieces. What were they? Palm Springs was one. It's kind of a, like a Groundhog Day with a number of different people caught in the same loop, with Andy Samberg and um, J.K. Simmons. Not feeling it. Uh, it was just, I, enjoyable, but yeah, not a great movie. And then the other one was uh, Will Ferrell. Uh, God, that, you just lost me. <laughs> Will Ferrell and... Uh, I don't like his movies. I loved him on Saturday Night Live. But they were uh, uh, Icelandic couples trying to win a singing contest, a songwriting contest. Wow. And uh, Were you drinking? Uh, yeah, okay. but... That had nothing to do with our choice. So being lost in a sea of scotch had nothing to do with you watching those movies? Nothing whatsoever. Okay. All right. All right. But, nothing um, whatsoever. But yeah, I woke up this morning. and Actually, I'd left the TV on all night, and just by ironic chance, I went to bed falling asleep to the French Connection because it was on, and that's one of my all... I love that movie, even though I was like six when it came out or seven. And then when I woke up, it was halfway through White Boy Rick. So you go to bed watching The French Connection. You wake up, wake up watching to White Boy Rick. Walk, White Boy Rick. That's not bad. Well, you know, so can that's, see it. That's where I am. You guys like The French Connection? Yeah. 
I did. Yeah, is that Gene Hackman? Yeah. Gene Hackman and um, Roy Scheider. Yeah, back in the day I did. I I wouldn't revisit it's, it, I don't think. It but. still works for me today for some reason. The car chase and just, I mean, I don't know. It's just. You just, Steve's ears perked up. I just, well, I watched, uh, you know, I've seen French Connection a couple times. So what it's got four star rating, too. And then I got, uh, I saw Out of Time with Denzel Washington. I've seen that. Yeah. From it was all right. Uh, 2003. What's her name? Eva Mendez? Yeah. Yeah, that's from, yeah, that's from a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, she is smoking. That was kind of cut out of the Mighty Quinn. That was another. Remember that movie with mm-hmm. Denzel? Mm-hmm. I liked Mighty Quinn more than Out of Time, but they were both similar. I thought yeah. Mighty Quinn was good. I, I really enjoyed that movie. That was from maybe like early '90s, I think, where he's a sh- uh, like a police chief in Jamaica, and Robert Townsend's accused of killing someone when he really didn't do it. it no, it's just an interesting movie. So, well, off on a little movie. To, well, yeah, little the, movie. I was telling you before that ESPN finally did their big expose on Iowa football, and it's, it's, it's out now. And there's nothing new. I mean, it's, yeah. But there is. It's probably the most complete. Probably the, I mean, it's basically a compilation of everything that's happened coverage-wise over the last month. I mean, they got some really strong quotes from Amari Spave, Michael Ojemudia, which I find interesting. I mean, he's barely been out of the program. And same thing. You just couldn't be yourselves yeah. as a black player, double standard. They brought up – I mean, the story starts with – well, here I can – the story starts with the. Um, remember Darrell having to run around practice with a trash can on his head? Yes. It goes, more than a decade later, Amari Spave is still troubled by what he saw that day. The former Iowa, the former All Big Ten cornerback for Iowa knows it could have been him. It was spring of 2009. Iowa's Darrell Johnson Kulianos had been late for a meeting, and Chris Doyle, the team's longtime strength and conditioning coach, decided the wide receiver would receive a very public punishment. At practice, Doyle ordered Johnson Kulianos to jog around the field with a large yellow trash can covering his head. Players, coaches, and recruits attending the practice with their parents watched as Johnson Kulianos circled the field. I felt so humiliated for him, Spivet told ESPN. I was humiliated. That felt like me running. It still bothers me. LeBron Daniel, a defensive end for Iowa at the time, watched the scene unfold with his teammates. We all just looked and were shaking our heads, um, said Daniel, one of eight people at the practice who verified the incident to ESPN. During water breaks, guys would be talking about, hey, what the F is that? A humiliating thing. Someone even took a photo, which Doyle would later display in his office, sources told ESPN. When kids would go in there, you'd see this picture, Johnson Culliano said. He has it up there like he's proud, like a trophy. Spavai, a third-round pick in the 2010 NFL draft, says he believes the incident reflected something deeper about the program under Coach Kirk Ferentz. I guarantee if Johnson Koulianos was white, Doyle would never have done that, Spavai said. There have been white players getting in trouble, too. They never had to do what DJK had to do. I wish I spoke up. I regret that. We didn't have a voice there. I mean, I can go on. There's other Marvin, yeah. Marvin McNutt, Michael Ojemudia. They all said the same, that they just black players had to conform to the white Iowa way. And then, of course, they get... Tyler Kluver, who's one of the washed-up yeah. washed walk-on podcast guys, and he kind of says, hey, it's hard work. We're built on hard work. Let me see what Kluver's quote is. Yeah, you know, that's just humiliation. That's not, yeah, there's no reason. There's no reason like at all no. for that. No, I agree. I mean, and if that did happen, I'm really disappointed. And I, well, it, it did happen. It, it, it happened. happened. <laughs> I'm, it, it happened. I'm not saying. And I'm really disappointed that Chris Doyle would do that. Yeah, I thought more of him. I just thought that was would, that he was above doing. Cra- here's here's Kluver. Um, black players said success within the program. 
hinged on something to the Iowa way, a reference to the program smart, tough, physical. Model. Iowa culture is, we saw it on the wall every day, smart, tough, physical, discipline, hard nose, put your nose to the grindstone on work, be early, and many more, said Tyler Kluver, a former Iowa long snapper who is white and hosts the washed-up walk-ons. Those are the pillars of Iowa culture. Okay, maybe they aren't me, but so is blatant racism. Yeah. Unfortunately. I mean, this Iowa way... Well, I, what the hell does any of that have to do? Well, when I when I hear that, it just seems race? like it just seems like the, the Iowa way is conform to our way. We don't bend for anybody, and yeah, of course it's going to be easy for a white kid from Marshalltown to conform to the white Iowa way mm-hmm. than it is for a black kid from the, absolutely. I mean, Spavay was from yep. Connecticut. I mean, I mean this it's just it's so obvious out there. And like I've said before, I I missed a lot of this. I even wrote a column a month ago listing all the times where. I should have noticed that there were subtle signs of racism even to us on the outside. And I remember talking about it with other reporters. We were like, God, how's that leadership group doing? You know, 16 whites and two... I remember we joked about that stuff, and yet we didn't ever either have the courage or feel it was the right circumstance to ask Kirk at Tuesday's press conference. Because you've got to understand, now that we don't do these things with Kirk, the side... We don't really have access to him other than when he's up at the microphone. And if part of me doesn't want to ask those types of questions up at the microphone because sure. TV just puts them up right, you know, then they're on TV. But we don't get the press conferences. We used to get Kirk by the side to ask all the right. Real, well, those have been gone for seven, eight years. I mean, he just got fed up with some of the stuff that was going on. And he eliminated. The other problem we have on Tuesdays is when we're talking to players, there's members of Iowa Sports Information scattered throughout the the room, the lobby there in the football club. And I guarantee if we had started going down some racism path, those interviews would have been stopped. I guess, that's not an excuse, but... Did any of the black players besides DJK ever come out prior to this current... Well, did Wad, did No, Wadley didn't come out. His uh-huh. mom came out on Facebook. No, DJK is the only one. And the problem with DJK is his story has changed a lot. I mean, yeah. he's changed some of the facts, but the trash can thing, that has not changed. That's been consistent. So, did, so then, obviously, none of the black players over the last 20 years ever felt comfortable coming out and saying, look, this this is the problem here. No, none of them. Yeah, it doesn't, and to me, that's a strike against Kirk. In some ways, I just, I, I, I don't, and it doesn't sound like many of them felt comfortable enough to go to Kirk very often either. Mm-hmm. And cause I think, I guess that, I find that a little troubling. Also. I think what they thought was, I think with Kirk, it was always, it was never Doyle's fault. It seems like if Kirk was asked to be the mitigator, the third person in a confrontation, it seems like more times than not, he almost always sided with Chris Doyle. Hey, he's your, he's your Mm-hmm. leader you respect your leader he may ask you to do some tough things but damn it this is football and it's not tough and we do it a certain way here at iowa yeah but tough is not humiliation that's what i agree yeah. i agree and right. running around with a trash can on your head is humiliation that's absolute humiliation in front of in front of recruits and parents it's and embarrassing crap. i mean it's I, ridiculous yeah and if you know and that did happen and and that's you know and i wrote a story today about the i did the utah i mean that the Utah defensive coordinator from one text. The difference, though, with a text, you have something right there in writing. As bad as all these accusations are with Chris Doyle, nothing's in writing. Where they have anything in writing where Chris Doyle's clearly using racist language. It's, you know, it's a he said, he said, but I believe the black players. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I believe there's them. 40 of them. But the difference with the Utah case is that coach could not, his text was right there. I mean, yes. They, and granted, it was from seven years ago. So, but 
He also well, we had, don't know that they don't have some email no, strings. No, I don't. I, they've released all the findings. The, stu- the study's out. I read the. They had a couple. They had a couple other players who claimed that two. One player said he used the N word one time, in 2013, and two other players said he used the phrase "black ass." I'm guessing I get your black ass out on the field or something. Like that. He used that. Nobody could substantiate the N word claim. Other players said the they did recall the black ass thing, but they had their facts mixed up or whatever. But what I'm thinking is that the Hush Blackwell probably took some of that stuff into account along with the text message because that, I mean, he didn't get fired like Doyle. No, Doyle didn't get fired, but he didn't get basically kicked out like Doyle did. But he did, he was the head coach in waiting. That's gone. He got his salary cut in half. So they, I mean, they didn't go soft on him. I mean, he mm-hmm. did, and now he's got to go to all the sensitivity stuff, but he should be lucky that he didn't lose his job. Now, this case is different than Iowa because Utah involved one coach. With one incident. With one incident, if you don't believe the other, if you don't believe mm-hmm. the other two incidents of where he basically used a racial slur. Whereas Iowa uses multiple incidents involving more than one coach. So it's different. Plus, in fairness to Iowa, Iowa's already done more with Chris Doyle than Utah did Right. With this Morgan Scally guy, even after the report. So it's just different. Iowa has taken action. I don't think we can underestimate that, what that means. They have taken, Chris Doyle's gone. They basically just paid him to get lost. You know, they're like, God, yeah. we can't, I mean, this is embarrassing. Look what you've, the position you've put us in. We, you've got to go. You're gone. You're out of here. You know, we'll pay you what we need to avoid a lawsuit. We just want your, your part to go away. So I'm not sure how much Hush Blackwell will give Iowa credit for that when they go to render their recommendations and what have you, but you got to. I mean, they already took a serious step. Now you wonder what, how they view Kirk, how they view Brian, and how they view Seth Wallace. Because mm-hmm. no other assistants, to my knowledge, have been singled out. Not, not that I've seen. I mean, Rick Kaczynski's gone. Right. And Derek Foster and Kilton Copeland have only been around for a couple of years, and they haven't been mentioned in anything. So... It's and Tim Polisak hasn't been mentioned in anything, so that's where we are. But no, or ES- uh, Coach Neiman hasn't Coach been Neiman. mentioned. And the thing with ESPN, yeah, this is all none of this is new. But when ES, yes, let's face it, ESPN's got a much bigger stage than all of us covering Iowa Hawkeye sports do. So this thing's gonna be, now we're gonna see more national people reacting to another Iowa story that's not news to us, but they will treat it like news, and then it'll start perpetuating throughout yeah. social media again. It's just it's it's how it works. So, but no, this. Um, well, and then when the uh, new findings come out or the the special uh, lawyers, their report comes out, it, it refreshes again. Spivay said Ferentz wanted players to be robots, programmed to make the coaches comfortable. We couldn't wear earrings. We couldn't wear hats. We had to dress a certain way, Spivay said. They wanted us to be white Iowa kids. They wanted us to fit that mold. We couldn't be us. We had to be like them. I mean, that's pretty strong stuff. It is. I never even noticed it. I mean, whites wear earrings too. I've never, I don't get, I don't get some of that crap. It's I a mean, culture shock, Spivay said. There's only a few black people there. When Doyle is making comments about our culture and our people, it's uncomfortable. We're already, we're already uncomfortable. It's almost like they were trying to portray the perfect white guy that represented Iowa football. Former cornerback Jordan Lomax told the Washed Up Walk-Ons podcast, guys were like, if I want to go to Big Ten Media Days, I've got to at least dress different or act different or be different because I'm trying to get to that level. We see that. We're like, why can't one of us go? Why can't more of us go? And I wrote a story a while back. I did from 2000. I, I did the, the guests for the – no, I did the leadership group, and the numbers were staggering. I mean, it was like – yeah. 
almost 80% white people on the leadership group. Three out of four of the, two out of the three of the players they send to the Big Ten media days were, were almost always white. Say they, two times they sent three white players. And it just was stuff that we all... I I always wondered about that, but I never... I did too, but I I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything about it. I just trusted... I guess I just assumed or trusted that the black players were okay with this, even though the numbers would suggest that it was clearly white people empowering white people. And I just don't know... I mean, I understand the white players sticking up for the culture. I mean, they're proud of being Hawkeyes. I get it. I get it. And they're proud. but But they don't know... They shouldn't be telling the black players how to handle what they perceived as racism at Iowa football. They're, they don't have that right. Yeah. They don't know. I don't care. Yeah, well, they were teammates. They were in the same locker room. They may have been in the same locker room, but that doesn't mean they were perceived the same way. Hello. This is Steve calling. Hi, Hi Steve. Steve. Hey, one thing, I have one comment on that about the thing I read that kind of was the most uncomfortable thing to me was when they had to eat at separate tables. Well, yeah, well they didn't have to. They didn't have to. They chose they, to. Yeah. Okay, whatever. I mean, I just thought that was kind of... Oh, that was bad. James Daniels said that on the podcast. I didn't know that was bad. That reminds me of the 19, early yeah, 1970s. Yeah, But no, I just wanted to share that with you. Well, yeah, yeah no, that, yeah, we were aware of that. Thanks, Steve. But yeah, that's like late 60s, early 70s type crap. I just never dreamed it was still happening here. Never nope. imagined, I should say, but nope, it was. Nope. I mean, they, you know, blacks were here, whites were here, and I, I don't know how Kirk and Doyle and them didn't see that and think, yeah, maybe things are a little off. Here, maybe we need. I to- would see where some. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, it, this is so hard to wrap my head around. I know. It's just, it's just ridiculous. It, never imagined. I never imagined the thing with DJ DJK. I never imagined. Why? Why? Why would you do that? I guess. Why that, would you put somebody's? Yeah. Why I would find you put that somebody's grade point. Up I there? actually find that a lot more. Uh, DJK didn't obviously didn't fit in and didn't try and was in Kirk's doghouse the whole time. And I think it got personal. It yes, it did. So that doesn't surprise me that something like that would happen. I with think DJK. Kirk- what surprises me is the the. Racial dis- racial disparity, treating treating them differently. I think Kirk let the DJ thing, K thing get personal. Yeah, I do too. Hello. Hi. Hey, Pat. I've got a question that kind of goes along with all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody pointed this out on a different show a while back, and I've been wanting to call and ask this. Iowa seem to have, and I don't know if other programs are like this. I know some aren't very, very limited access to the coaches, to the players, and to the practices. And I'd like you to comment on that and compare it to other programs that you can actually, a reporter could go to a practice, a reporter would have daily access to some of the players and the coaches, and that's not what was here as far as I could oh, it's never, it's, understand. It, yeah, no, it's never been so, here. Yeah, just please comment on that. Well, yeah, that makes a huge difference. I mean, not being at practice and not getting access to players on a regular basis and you only get them on a Tuesday and they can pick and choose. We request players, but just because we request players doesn't mean we're going to get those players. We get who ultimately Iowa decides we get. So how much is that different from other major college programs? Well, I think a lot of programs have closed practices. I don't I know, do but a lot don't, though. A lot don't. Yeah. Some don't, and... But Iowa State gives more access to players. Now, I will say Iowa is much better than it used to be. I mean, under Hayden, there was not – but there also wasn't social media. It was a different environment, just a different time. 
But Iowa does give more access now than they used to early in my time covering, but it's all very controlled. It's all the atmosphere is very controlled. It's going to be hard for you to get alone with some player and have them go off and tell you, yeah, this is what's happening here. That's just under. Well, because if they did, they wouldn't play. Well, and it's just if somebody heard the question, my guess is someone from Sports Information would probably step in and be like, "Hey, you know, we're not, we don't need to go that way." I mean, they they do listen to the interviews, and they, you know, they, and I think they're not there as damage control. They're there to make sure that these players maybe don't say anything that's going to embarrass the program. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we no, if we had now the lazy part of me would go insane if practices are open because we'd have to be there every day for four or five hours. Then we'd have to write. And some people want that. I mean, I maybe wanted that 20 years ago. Not anymore. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be at practice every day anymore. And you know, maybe I am just lazy, you know, but I don't need to be at practice every day anymore. But yeah, that does make a difference because I could tell just from watching one open practice last spring, was it that Jaden McDonald, the linebacker from Georgia, Mm-hmm. was gone his days were numbered was you checked could, out you could just tell he and seth wallace had no connection the le- the the negative vibe and i i remember standing looking to the media guy standing next to me i'm like Jaden mcdonald's the next player out of here and we, within within a week he announced that he was leaving iowa and his mom's been on twitter very connected to what's going on up here but you could just see that there was just it's no no connection between him and seth wallace who was his mm-hmm. position coach and he was gone but see, that was one practice I saw that. Could you imagine going to practice? Every, I mean, we'd be, we'd be trying to second-guess body language, and coaches are going to forget that we're there, and they have these nasty altercations right in front of us. It would make a huge difference in how you judge the team mm-hmm. and how you judge the culture. Sure. That's part of the reason practices are closed, so media doesn't have access to that. If that hopefully that answers his question. I, I would think so. Wow, tell me, pretty serious half an hour already. Who needs Johnny Bolin, right? <laughs> or the cow sills. Give it up. Give it up. Give it up. Nope, I'm still not giving it up. Johnny Bolin and White Boy Rick are two ongoing themes here. So I'm surprised you haven't gone to Bolin Fest before. Uh, Sioux City's a long drive. Yeah. You know, I love his brother's guitar, but hey, I'm, you know, lazy and self centered. <laughs> it's a long drive. It is. And it's not the most pleasant city. Hey, hey. What is that, about a six hour drive? Uh, five and a half. Yeah. yeah. 11 hours round trip. Yeah. This could be him calling the business line. Uh, sure. Hi, be... is this Johnny Bolin? <laughs> what if it was Tommy? It's not. It's <sighs> that'd be Stephen King. I think it's Adam. <laughs> oh, is this Adam? It's been a while, fellas. It has hey, been a Adam. while. It has How are been you? a while. Doing good. Well, yeah. I just, we've had some things kind of. I wouldn't say open up necessarily, but I've had some meetings out of the office in the mornings and everything else, and still been listening in, but. I know you guys have had some good guests on as well. So. You're like Johnny Carson late in his career. You know, here one day and then gone for like three weeks. <laughs> swoop back in with all your fame and notoriety and just carry us for a little bit. So you got a little bit of time to talk? Yeah, I got some time. Well, I mean, Luca's decision. I mean, the deadline is less, the, than a week. is less than a week. Adam, do you think there's still a chance they're going to move this back? I mean, especially after what happened with the Florida Marlins, half their team has tested positive. For COVID, I mean, don't doesn't he need more time? Yeah, I, I would think, but it's going to run right into the. I mean, it's not just him; it's a lot of people. It's going to yes. run into, you know, does he want to? Because all right, I mean, if you look at overseas deals, which Luke is going to have a chance to make a lot of money, you know, whether it's in the NBA or overseas, especially if he can get a um, a passport or some mm-hmm. kind of citizenship. But 
you know, I wonder if Luca too, I was kind of thinking of this, is he looking at maybe what's the NCAA season going to look like? Well, that's what I keep wondering, Adam. I mean, what is he going to return to right now? If he decides in a week under these circumstances, what is he coming back to? I want him to come back. Don't get me wrong. Selfishly, mm-hmm. I do. But what is he returning to? Exactly. And, and if, if overseas teams can have a season or, you know, there's some kind of NBA season or G League, you know, I, there's just so much going on. I think it's hard to, to really pinpoint something. So, I mean, potentially something could get pushed back. But there again, these guys will report, I would think, by the end of August to school and, you know, start getting their stuff kind of organized and ready for the school year. And, I mean, you could maybe push it back another couple of weeks, but um, it just it's so difficult and, and different. And the NBA's kind of got a focus right now of trying to get a season put together and they're all living in that bubble. I mean, there's a lot going on. I just... I don't know what, what's going to end up happening here. We had Chuck. I, I, we didn't have him on the radio. I interviewed Chuck Long last week for a story because, you know, Chuck, different circumstances, but he still had to ultimately make the same decision, you know, come back mm-hmm. for my yep. senior. And he had a similar situation. He had a really good team to come back to, and he said that made a big difference. But And Chuck's all for Luca coming back. He's like, I'm always for getting your education, living out your college dream. But he said, he goes, but with this pandemic thing going on, Right now, and with them probably not even going to have a decision about football before Luca has to make a decision about basketball, he goes, mm-hmm. I'd probably lean towards going pro. He says that under those circumstances. That was the only circumstance. Other than that, Chuck's all for Luca returning, but he thinks this pandemic is that big of an impact that he doesn't, you know, how can Luca decide on what he's coming back to if football doesn't even know what it's doing yet? I know. That's going to be the difficult thing. And, I mean, there's still a lot of time before the basketball season starts, but. Again, if we reverse and go back to March and April, I, I definitely thought we'd have some answers at this point for a lot of different things, especially in the sports world. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, just looking more and more uncertain. And, you know, you, you see this, you know, some of the AAU stuff. I know they're having some tournaments and stuff this summer. You know, basketball might be a little easier logistically to play a season mm-hmm. and just not have people there mm-hmm. um, than football. But um, there's still there's a lot of contact between these guys and – you're playing, you know, a, a big schedule. You know, I, I don't know if the Big Ten's looking at something similar where you just play Big Ten teams and, and shorten the season. I know Division Two has Possible. kind of talked about doing that. So, so if you're Luca, Adam, do you come back to a shortened college basketball season or would you prefer to take your chances going pro? Because with Josh Agondale able to come here, does that mean they're softening the travel restrictions where he could probably, Luca could probably get out of here and go play overseas? What do you think? I don't know. You know, it boils down to this is one of the best places and times to be in, you know, especially a young guy's life. I mean, I was able to live out a dream and play here, and, and I, I I wouldn't have wanted to, to miss out on a year, but mm-hmm. that was me. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought this was some of the, the best basketball you'll ever play. It's not a business, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what Chuck it, was saying, yeah. More, yeah. It's a little more pure. I mean, these really are with your teammates and friends and classmates. It's it's a special time and it's just different when you start getting paid for it. Um, you know, it's still fun, but some of that fun can be taken out. There's just a lot of other things involved, but, um, you know, I know he he really likes Fran and his teammates Mm -hmm. and you only get one time to do this. So he can, he'll have a long career. I would just, uh, you know, as a fan and as somebody that's been through it, I, I think, you know, he maybe would look back years from now and say, well, what would happen if he did leave? You know, how, how good could we have been or, you know, what, what impact would he have made? Well, we saw it last year what kind of impact he can make. But, uh, <laughs> you know. Well, I think he could be player of the year. I, I yeah. mean, and, and well, with them, they're a top five team nationally yes. preseason. Well, I've seen so, some uh, polls. 
Okay, well, I, the hardest thing I would think about his decision is it's probably rank-ordered more likely that they're going to play overseas than they are to have a regular college basketball season. And So you're saying you think they are more likely? I think they are more likely because they're better, they have better control and of I the think virus be more, situation. And I think it will be more normal, even if Iowa play, or Iowa, even if there is college basketball, I think it's going to be really under surreal circumstances. I, I do too. So I think it... If he looks at it that way, it might be more likely that he can have a regular, you know, close to a a normal season uh, overseas. You know, what the NBA, is that going to be normal? And the answer is no. See, I can convince myself that he's going overseas in like five minutes. I convince myself that he's coming back. There's so many scenarios that you can just convince yourself. I have no clue right now. I mean, it's just, I just don't know what they're going to do with college basketball. Nobody does right now. I mean, Adam, what's your gut feeling? What do you think is going to happen? I have no clue. You think we're going to have football this fall? You You could, you, I don't know. Because I'm thinking we're going to have. If you're looking at a baseball team that's been, uh, been affected like this down in, down in Florida. Yeah. Actually, they're they're in Philadelphia, right? They're in Philadelphia right now. They're keeping them locked in there. They have nine players and two coaches, I guess, test positive. They won't let them go back down to Florida. And you've seen these locker rooms. Everybody's, I mean, everybody's in close contact with one another. I mean, even. You've been in locker rooms, I'm sure, on the yeah. road too, when you play a game, and you don't always get a, a lot of size and space in some of those rooms. You got to fit, you know, sixty, seventy guys in there. Or I remember two. Staff. I remember two teammates in um, sophomore year football got into a fight in the shower naked, and it was one of the most disgusting things I ever <laughs> saw in my life. <laughs> and I'm just like, please, guys, just yeah. stop. It was not what we needed to see. All right, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Thank you for sharing you that, wait Pat. Till they got dressed. Yeah, right? they yeah, they could have, but dressed. it was just—it was not necessary, and I well, don't know why I brought that up either. All right, back, Adam. The stage is yours. <laughs> Take yeah, it away, Adam. Take it away, Adam. <laughs> well, I mean, you he's notice, been guys, out. He's, he's doing all the things he can do, and you know, once again, if you look at the draft boards, um, he's still not—he's not on. You know, if you're a lottery pick, that's a little different, mm-hmm. but. You know, he's still one of those fringe guys that's yes. getting drafted. And there again, I think that's why the NBA thing, um, he needed workouts. And I don't know if that'll ever come, but he needed to showcase what he could do in front of these guys. And if he doesn't have that opportunity, it's going to make it tough there. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, is it the overseas route? Is it you got a year of college here and, you know, really make a splash and possibly be player of the year? Mm-hmm. Then I think you're a shoe-in first-round draft pick if, if that's the case. And we say, well, they're running out of time to move the deadline back. These are surreal times. Nothing. I don't rule out anything. They no. could do it. They could do it later on this week. And I think, from judging from Luca's last comment that I saw from Jeff Goodman's interview with him, he said he has no clue what he wants to do right now. He's completely confused. I think he's begging them in a way. Please move it back. Give us more time to decide. Give us more time to see if we have more information that we can base our decision yeah. on. So I don't it's envy a big him. Decision, and, and it's hard yeah. to go back from. I mean, once it's made, there's there's yeah. no returning. So. No. And I think Iowa has two really good things going for it. Fran, Luca loves Fran, and they have a good team coming back. He, those are two things that I think really, without those two things, I think Luca may be gone by now. I loved uh, yeah. Jordan Bohannon's tweet was the best ever. Someone had asked him, do you think Luca's coming back? And Jordan says, he better come back or I'm going to kill him. Let's hope it doesn't get to that. I mean, if it, if it gets to that, then we have a whole other story. And... Um, and I guess that would take away from the football stuff. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course, I hope. I mean, I hope that's right. I, I mean, I'd love to see him back here. I just, 
don't know if I'm Luca. I'm sitting there saying to myself, what am I coming back to, Dad? What am I coming back to at Isla? I love Fran, but they, they can't promise me anything right now. Isn't that the question well, you'd be the asking? One, the one thing Iowa does have is, you know, these guys are working out. They're getting better. They're training. Uh, I think that's one advantage. I mean, if, if somebody said, hey, I'm done, I'm gone, where are these guys training at? I mean, there's obviously probably facilities in uh, Vegas. Mm-hmm. And there's L.A. and you know, all over where some of these guys get together and are playing, but this NBA is trying to assemble a season right now. You know, at least here he's got a, a structure. He's, yeah. he's, he's working out. He's, he's, yeah, he's got that structure, which I think is a positive. Well, I think he also likes his teammates too. Mm-hmm. I think this team is pretty good. You know, there's a lot of positives for why he should come back to Iowa. And like I said, I hope he does. I just wish we were further along in beating this freaking virus to where we had more concrete information about football. Because, Adam, what would you think about – what if they move football back to, like, late February, March, and football and basketball are having to share the same stage throughout a whole season? Would that bug you as a basketball player, or would you not even care? It'd just be different. You know what I mean? Because it just seems like, even as a fan, your attention, like in the fall, that's what's great about football. There's no other distractions, really. Um, and then you get here. I, I don't know. It would be really different. It really would. You met some – go ahead. I, I don't know if I'd want to go watch a game if they'd even allow it. If it's you know February or whenever they would want to start that season, that could be really cold. Ten, ten below zero. Yeah, no, but I, they can't start it much later because if you start it much later, you start pushing into twenty twenty one when they hope to get back to normal. That's yeah. the goal. I mean, so one hundred and thirty one uh, uh, medical professionals and doctors have just said this country has to shut down for eight weeks. For eight weeks. That's what they. Just put out. Jesus. Well, they can't. I mean, they're that not going to do that. I mean, Trump's already said he's not going to do it. But I'm not sure we can they, this time. Could we? That's what. I mean, what would what would uh, eight weeks shutdown do to the stock market, Adam? I think you'd see exactly what happened in March. It mm-hmm. wouldn't be good. Yeah, I haven't fully recovered. Mine's coming back, but I'm still less than I was. Yeah. All, I mean, are. I think everybody. Yeah. No, it's. it's I don't. I don't know what the answer is. I mean, it's just, it's well, just. The answer was waiting for the last two and a half weeks that they said the first time, and and. Uh, well, this has a huge impact on sports. Yeah. I mean, it really uh, does. It has a huge impact on everything. I mean, the stuff with the Florida Marlins. I, you know, people got to realize that's going to infect impact what goes on with college football right now. Mm-hmm. But because basically, I think baseball how baseball handles this is going to have a lot to do with what football decides. Because we all know, and Adam, you know, starting is not the hard part. Sustaining a season is the hard part. Anyone can start, whatever. So, I mean, it's just – and the NBA, do you like how the NBA is doing this, Adam? I mean, do you like what they're – what they're how they're trying to combat this? They're almost – they've created their own cocoon in a way. Yeah, I I mean, I know they're they're trying to play this season out, and it's – got to give them effort for trying here. Um, It's just – I think I would have just scrapped it and move on into season starting in November. You know, we're trying to make it start, mm-hmm. but you know, they're they're definitely trying. And yeah, baseball once again it's trying, and they've already kind of had some repercussions to that too. So Cubs are in first uh, place in late July with only 57 games left in the regular season. <laughs> How can you not like that? Hey, and uh, Professor, man, he he pitched a heck of a game to start the first game of the year. That was it. Was Greg Maddox? It was it was like watching Greg Maddox on a good day. He was incredible. I know. And not one of his pitches hit 90 on the guns. It shows you you don't have to have overpowering stuff if you've got great move. Well, I guess there's different ways to have overpowering stuff. It doesn't always have to be power. And he showed it. So, 
But Adam, um, as far as this Iowa team though, with Garza back, I mean, I'm starting to see more and more preseason national media. I've seen them as high as third and mm-hmm. fifth. I mean, they're mm-hmm. with Garza back. I mean, there's going to be a ton of hype, assuming there's a season and he comes back. Yeah, everybody. I mean, you guys are in town here. A lot of people are talking about yes. that. I mean, as you talk about, you know, wanting sports to be open and. Uh, you know, full swing. I, people want to be able to watch this team because it, it's special. I mean, it goes back to probably one of the best teams since the the '80s. I mean, this team is loaded and deep. Um, you know, you got a player that could be player of the year candidate. You got other guys in there that just really. I mean, this is kind of lining up to be special. So I, I really hope that we get to see this thing. And me too. Hope, hopefully, things you know, in a few more months are, are much, much better and we can get back to some kind of normalcy because just our luck as Hawkeye fans, right? The one time we get things kind of lining up to be, you know, a Final Four or, you know, I, I do believe this team is definitely top ten. Oh, I agree. I, I'd hate to see it just not being able to be played out or, you know, possibly having a situation where you're playing in front of nobody. I mean, that'd be like a scrimmage every game. And, you know, you've been in Carver and a lot of these other Big Ten, you know, arenas. There's a lot of home court advantage that we could. You get a team that's rocking and rolling like that. Yeah. You want to be at home. You want to be in front of your crowd. Um, it, it just, it'd be sad if that's how it ends up be, uh, being for the year. But like, only time will tell. Carver gets a bad rap, and some of it deserved. But when Carver needs to rock, it does. It, it does. And but it just takes so much sometimes. It takes a team like Adams' team, his junior year, or this team next year if the arena this i think the arena would be packed on a pretty regular basis if luca comes back so adam is a player now you your team had had expectations as well lofty expectations the team with you know uh bruner 506 yes and uh, as a player do you do you like that we did but we i think in the locker room too we had pretty lofty expectations too i mean it I can't tell you how many times we wanted to win that Big Ten outright. I think at that time it had been almost 25 years yep. since an Iowa team had won the Big Ten regular season. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the big things that we circled, you know, and, and even then you take it game by game, but we obviously had pretty high expectations of that year. I mean, we wanted to make a really deep run in that tournament and you really thought we were a lead eight type team or better, um, especially towards the end of the season when we got, you know, Horner back healthy and, you know, we, we had kind of everything lining up to be, right where we wanted it um you know but there again that that that's what's different about that tournament too you could have a great year iowa could win the big 10 this year and do some amazing things but if they get to the second round or you know maybe even third it could be looked at as kind of a down year you know they could win 30 games and end up being a disappointment that's what i don't like about the ncaa tournament that's the one thing i don't like about it i just think too much emphasis is put on that i to me i think winning the regular season title is the most impressive thing there is but I'm old-fashioned. But that way. you know, you look at the, you know, and, and that's the thing. Even as a, a player and as a fan, that tournament is special, though. Oh, I know. Because you, you could, you could, on the other side, have a, a year that's just up and down, and then just make a huge splash when it comes to March. Oh, I, and yeah, you're right. Make a big run, and you know, you see teams like Loyola, and you know, a few years ago that made that big run. And that's really special and can be a, a game changer for a program. So. Yeah, it's that's what makes it unique, and uh, I just I hope like you guys we we get some kind of season in out of that, and I hope Luca and everybody's there, and it could uh, it could be great. I mean, Fran's done a great job of assembling the staff and these these guys, these players. I, I want to see that be able to pay off for him. 
So who wins between this team with Luca and your team your junior year? If you're both playing at your best. That's a good question. I'd like to see Bruner have to match up on Luca. I think that'd be a fun one to watch. That would be. Who um, would you be matched against? Wieskamp? Yeah, it'd probably be Joe. Um, I think that team, there's a lot of similarities, but mm-hmm. you know, this team, uh, you get Bohannon back healthy, and they're two totally different styles. I mean, even though they look similar on paper, uh, two different styles of just play and up tempo, you know the shot clock's a little different too. We were thirty five, and mm-hmm. it, it's down a little bit. I mean, this Iowa team can score with anybody. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'd be a toss up. Now, if I go into if Iowa gets Luca back, I would still list defense as probably its biggest suspect going into next season. Just I mean, mm-hmm. just overall. I mean, because I think there's so much to like on offense, and I think there's still guys on Iowa's team that are limited defensively is what I may say. I don't think there's any great def- – I mean, I think Toussaint and Wieskamp are pretty good defenders. You know, um, but I still would say if you have to pick a weakness on this team with Garza, wouldn't you start on defense before offense? It could be, yeah. I, I definitely think this team got way better and – that might have been two years ago. I mean, these guys were young, and you know there was games where we were trying to outscore them. I mean, even last year at the Michigan game, we played extremely well on offense, but we gave up close to 100 points. <laughs> Over yeah. 100 points. Yeah, yeah. no, you're right. And yeah, those are those are games where you know you really want to try to lock it down on D. But I was just the pace of the game that night, and but I think these guys have gotten way better. I mean, even look at Joe and you know some of these guys. They don't always get the respect that I think they deserve, but these guys can play. They can play defense, and they've gotten a lot better. That's why I think it'll it'll be interesting to see this year because these guys are mature. They're reaching a point where they understand the importance of defense and how it can win games. Um, you know, I, I think these guys have, have really, and even France teams from years ago, I think there is a, a definitely more defensive emphasis that, that we're seeing played out. So, And once you get in the tournament, you need to be able to play D. you got to have good scoring. you got to have, I think, good point guard play, good post play, and then defense and that can win a championship. Well, and if you look at Jordan Bohannon, he has not been one of our better defenders during his career, but he's also been hurt uh, a fair amount. So I think this is going to be probably the healthiest Jordan has been since he's been here. Plus, with his experience, I think he should improve uh, uh, at least a fair amount on defense, I would think, just by being healthy. But I wouldn't say it's going to be a strength. Oh, no. For him. I mean, if he no. can get by and not have it be a weakness, yeah, that'll be key. Because right. there's been times where Jordan's defense has been a huge weakness. Now, maybe injuries are part of it. But, yeah, if he could just get it to where he's adequate on defense, that will be fine because it's so much what he brings as a shooter, yeah. clutch shooting. Well, yeah. and I think we ask a lot of Jordan, too. You know, even – I hate to say it as a player. Sometimes you, you put a focus on, all right, what am, I, what am I really supposed to be doing to help? I mean, even though defense is um, – everybody should be playing D on every possession and, and kind of holding the rope, as we used to call it, like helping each other out if somebody gets burned. But, you know, for a while there, he was bringing the ball up the floor. He was yeah. you know, trying to run off screens to score. Then we're asking him to, you know, obviously pick up the other team's point guard or, or two guard. That's a lot, you know, that we're asking him. It's nice having, you know, Connor and they got Tucson and some other guys that can kind of help with him, you know, to, to get down the floor, get set up in the offense and not have to, you know, try to run the offense and then try to score and, you know, try to do everything. Um, you know, I think that's where you try to look at these guys and try to put them in the best position possible, um, you know, on both ends of the floor. No, I agree. I agree. No, this has been good discussion. It's good. Yeah. To, 
good to catch up with you, Adam. I'm not going to ask you any questions about the mess with football. I don't want to put you on the spot. And um, um, well, I, I just don't know too much about that. It's like you guys, you, I, you guys are doing the the work of you know looking at different things and you know doing some of these interviews and stuff. And it's just uh, it's tough. It, it's definitely eye opening because, mm-hmm. like I said, when I first came out, I had a brother in the program, and you know it just. I didn't know a lot of that stuff was, was taking place. And, you know, um, I, I think if there is a, a guy that will get it fixed, I think it's Kirk. But I, I know there's a lot of soul searching going on over there right now. And, you know, you got to hope that change will happen and we'll get things on the right track. Well, that's, that's the hope. And, uh, yeah, and I agree with you. I think uh, Kirk has earned the right to fix this problem and – uh, hopefully that he can do so to m- most everybody's satisfaction. So you're saying you think Kirk has earned the right based on without knowing what's coming out in the review. Well, That's what I don't understand. Gary Barta said the same thing, and I did, I'm not trying to be a dick or anything. I just, how can you make that statement without knowing what the review is going to say finally? Well, I could. No, that's true. That's I could true. change yeah, my right. statement too. See, I'm not ready happens. to say anything about Kirk yet until I see the review. I hope that it doesn't have stuff in there that says you got to get him because you know I don't want it to end that way for him. I really don't. And now, if it comes out, it just shows that he just was blind to all the stuff and refused to budge. Then maybe my opinion will change, but I can't say with certainty either way what needs to happen to Kirk. I need to see more. Um, and I will say, at this point, without further information, I believe that Kirk deserves the chance to clean up the mess, and that's my opinion. Yeah, and um, I yeah I can see. I just we, I just don't have enough information. And f- I, fair enough. I got to get the I got to see what the independent review says fair about enough. him. So, but we'll see. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a very unfortunate situation that we're in and throwing a global pandemic and just, it just, God. <laughs> and shake and stir. Showing, and serve. Yeah. And then the fact that this, the racial stuff is national and the stuff with Iowa football is a byproduct of that. These are just strange times, aren't they, Adam? So, Adam, are you expecting your kids to be back in class this fall for school? Uh, Solon made a decision to go back, so that was on like last week. But once again, things can change, and you know, a lot of the direction comes from the state, and you know, from uh, you know, board of health, and there's a lot of different factors in play there. But you know, we still get another month uh, before school would be slated to start. But as of right now, you know, they're they're looking to go back. Don't you think? Obviously, the easy thing to do is start school. The hard thing is going to be to sustain school. Yeah, I definitely think so. And, and these schools, they've all done a great job. I mean, you're looking at teachers, admin, nurses, healthcare professionals. There's a lot of people that have worked on these plans. You know, if things come up or, like you said, to sustain school, I'm sure you're going to see some shutdowns, lockdowns, you know, um, some quarantines. I mean, you just got to be prepared for anything and everything, not only as a educator but as a parent and I think things are going to have to be fluid uh, as things do open up. Okay, Tom, anything else? No, great, uh, great to Good talk discussion. to you. Thanks, Adam. Good touching base with you again. And hopefully the next time uh, that we talk to you, we'll have Luca's decision in the, in the bank and uh, be able to talk about uh, with a little more certainty what Iowa basketball will look like this, this fall. By what is his date, guys? What is the what's the hard number? August hard date? as of right now, August second is when he said he's going to announce. Yeah, and August third is the end. The current NBA drop dead date. So we are 
right around the corner from that. So yes, we yeah, are. that's what I thought. Of. I knew it was that first week of August. So, yep. And Adam, uh, my wife wanted me to uh, help her sweep the uh, the floors yesterday after the dog, and I said, Adam Haleska says I don't have to. <laughs> don't use me for anything. <laughs> I'm using you for every excuse. <laughs> I'm already in the doghouse on enough things. I don't need I don't need somebody else getting me in trouble, right? Here, here's Adam Valeska, Wells Fargo Advisors with the market. Thanks, guys. Good morning, everyone. Stocks finished lower on Friday amid a sell-off in tech shares and renewed tensions between the U.S. and China. Uh, the Dow was down 182 points on Friday, while the S&P fell 0.6% overall. Uh, both benchmarks snapped three uh, week winning streaks. And lastly, on Friday, the NASDAQ composite slid 0.9%. Uh, that was mainly due to techs uh, that drew, dragged the market down. Intel stumbled 6.2% after cautioning investors of a key production delay and the new model of the ultra-fast 7-nanometer chips. Uh, that news from Intel did uh, benefit advanced micro devices, sending those shares up 16.5% higher. Meanwhile, the healthcare group did lag uh, on Friday after executive orders from President Trump meant to reduce uh, drug prices. U.S. markets today are opening higher here on Monday, attempting to rebound from the downbeat week last week. The Dow is currently up 128 points, S&P is up 18, and NASDAQ is up 117 points in early trading. Investors today are awaiting updates on further fiscal stimulus from Washington. Also garnering attention this morning is gold, which is extending its recent surge to reach a fresh record level. The yellow metal is jumping 1.9% to $1,933 an ounce as a gauge of the U.S. dollar weakens to its worst point in nearly two years. Uh, Treasuries are a little changed this morning with the yield on the 10-year note down one basis point. That is at uh, 0.57%. This week, uh, the earnings counter will be headlined by some of the world's largest companies. In central bank news, the Federal Reserve will hold its July FOMC meeting on Tuesday and Wednesday. In corporate news this morning, Moderna is climbing after touting an additional $472 million in U.S. government funding to help support its COVID-19 vaccine candidate development. And on the data front, durable good orders advanced 7.3% for the month of June. That number was above expectations for a 6.9% increase. Once again, this has been Adam Holoska, Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. If you're in the Iowa City, Coralville area, we can be reached at 319-338-3799. Or you can always come in and see us. Adam Holoska, Corey and Ted Stoley, Scott Higgins, and Karen Jackson. We are all at 501 12th Avenue, Suite 201 in Coralville, Iowa. 1630 KCJJ is powered by UI Quick Care at the Iowa City Marketplace. Car won't go into gear? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair, in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. Use Premier for all your auto repair needs, brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventative maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't go into gear, see Premier Automotive in North Liberty. 1-800-800-ROSE 1-800-800-ROSE Your FTD florist is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country 1-800-800-ROSE 
800-800-ROSE. It's so easy. Just remember one number, 1-800-800-ROSE, your FTD florist. 1-800-800-ROSE. Remember. Hi, this is Steve Anderson with Hawkeye Title and Settlement in Iowa City. Whether it's a crazy real estate market, record low interest rates, or the COVID-19 virus, we are living in unprecedented times. But know that my remarkable team at Hawkeye is literally working around the clock and in unique and adaptable ways to try to make every deal close smoothly and on time. We appreciate your understanding, patience, and flexibility as we power through this tough time. We're going to get through this together. Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's lock and e-keys for cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys on the market today. Mike's lock and e-keys for cars can produce most conventional transponder, sidewinder, and remote-headed keys. If you've lost the keys to your car or simply need a duplicate, call 330-9185. Mike's lock and e-keys for cars has the technology to keep you on the road. Call 330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. Hey everybody, it's Kevin here from Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your local TV expert, and I want to tell you about Dish TV. If technology, value, and customer satisfaction are important to you, then it's time to cut the cable cord once and for all. Upgrade your TV experience and start saving with Dish today. Drop by Big Dog Satellite and Solar on Blairs Ferry Road in front of Rockwell. Call 3950800 or visit us on the web at BigDogSatellite.com. We are Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your locally operated and trusted satellite TV experts. Hi, this is Bill Eichstring of the Oxyoke Inn. Our doors are open again. Although the way we serve you is different, we're still here and ready to welcome you. We've learned a lot about keeping you and our staff safe. What hasn't changed is our commitment of trust to you and your family. Our Oxyoke family is ready to take care of you in our four dining rooms with the same quality of food, attention to detail, and customer service you've come to trust for the past 80 years. Those values are now more important than ever. Now serving family style, breakfast, Saturday, Saturday and Sunday with lunch, dinner, and banquets daily. Don't forget, you can still order curbside carryout and take the comforting taste of the Oxyoke home with you to share at your family's table. Visit Oxyokin.com, Instagram, or our Facebook page for menu and weekly specials. From our Oxyoke family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon. And we'll be glad you're here at the Oxyoke Inn in the heart of Amana. The if you're looking for a reliable, affordable lawn care service, you need Cowboy Lawn Care. Cowboy Lawn Care specializes in lawn mowing, weed eating, cleaning flower beds, trimming trees, spring cleanup, and much, much more. Cowboy Lawn Care guarantees their work and are fully insured. Call Johnny at Cowboy Lawn Care at 331-5520. That's 331-5520 for complete, affordable lawn care. Cowboy Lawn Care. GT Car, owner of Supel Siding and Remodeling, offers service and quality that is unmatched in the area. At Supel Siding and Remodeling, their trained professionals will install and guarantee the products used in any size job done. Regardless of the project, Supel Siding and Remodeling will stand behind their quality products and installation with exceptional customer service. Whether it's a window replacement, a kitchen remodel, or a house addition, our employees are committed to quality. Visit sales at suples.net or call 337-2246. 
for a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime. Find it at our family-owned jewelry store in Iowa City, Pertine and Stocker Jewelers. We can show you diamond engagement rings, colored stones, fashion jewelry, and watches. Our jewelers are on site, so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life. We are Hertine and Stocker, serving Iowa City and the surrounding area for three generations. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, downtown Iowa City, and HertineandStockerJewelers.com. As for Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate, one of us is always there. From the Hertine and Stocker Studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation, this is the mighty 1630 KCJJ Iowa City. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, making memories, making here is your KCJJ forecast this morning. A few lingering thunderstorms, then sunny this afternoon. And I think we're going to get a little bit of a break from the humidity throughout the day. We're going to see the dew points drop. Our high today, 83. The wind out of the northwest at about 5 to 15. Clear tonight, down to 62 for an overnight low. Tomorrow, sunshine, 85. And then on Wednesday, partly cloudy. The humidity will return with a high Wednesday of 86. I'm meteorologist Sean Cable on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Currently, it's 73. Weather well, brought to you by the Westport Touchless Auto Washes. Walmart and Iowa City and Coralville's Hy-V. Hawkfanatic.com. Yep. All right, we're back. It was good to talk to Adam. It was. Haven't spoken to him for a while. He's... Uh... He's, a good resource for us. He's a man of reason. Yeah, they just he's a calming influence in a sea of disarray and whatever we are. Canceled the Yankees-Phillies game. Yep. I yep. yep. said that. A, not good. Not good. Hello. Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. Hey, wanted to know, I was talking to a buddy of mine over the weekend about the Luke Garza thing. Uh-huh. And he said that he, there, I guess there's a podcast. 24-7, where um, I'm not sure exactly when it came out, but he said he heard Luca's dad talking that he has a million-dollar deal right now um, to go play overseas. Have you heard anything about that? I have not. I didn't. It doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me, though. I mean, with his ability and what they pay over there, did he say it's a million dollars a year? Or my guess is it's a million dollar total package. So that could be like a three year. But yeah, a lot of those guys make six figures over there. I mean, Matt, oh, Gaten, yeah. Matt Gatons was making good money over in Europe. That's why I worry that he may ultimately choose to do that if there's no certainty with the college season. And I wouldn't blame him. But he also said, and I found this kind of cool, that ever since Luke has been a grade school, in grade school, that he used to go out and practice in their driveway playing for the national act like he was playing for the national championship. Sure. I mean, yeah. lot, I think a lot of, a lot I'm, of kids, a lot that. of little kids do that. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I did that. I don't know if either one's going to influence what he decides. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's Luke is just like a lot of other kids who play the PA announcer and the TV announcer when they're shooting baskets and coming up. Yeah. I mean, I did that a ton as a kid. You bet. Yep. Yeah. I, I just, uh, so Sunday, this coming Sunday, is when he's going to announce. It's what he says. If, if that's the right second, if yes. That, if that's the second, but like I said, I still get this feeling that they may move the deadline back, especially with all this stuff going on with the baseball now. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they announced today, tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, hey, we've pushed that deadline back to this time or whatever. So we'll see. But I, I'm mixed on whether there will be a I, – I, I really think that there's going to be some kind of a basketball season this year. 
um, probably be without fans. But I, I just don't know what, uh, how they. Hello. Yeah, we're we're listening. We're here. We're here. We hear you. Hello. Goodbye. Wow. I mean, you know, that's like one of my dates. <laughs> I mean, we just don't. It's all speculation. Nobody knows right now the if if the virus progress is like it is right now. There's not a chance in hell of any sports no. being played to completion. What None. Are the, what are the chances with this pandemic of you going out on a date? How do people go out on dates now? Um, with the they zoom. just don't know they what, zoom. go. They zoom. <laughs> yeah, I mean. You gotta They're going the, out. You got to so, take their temperature or what? Oh, well, no, you Zoom. And you need a few other products and you're ready to go. <laughs> that gentleman, I mean, I was wanting to hear what else he had to say. Yeah. He just, he just kind of. Uh, My guess is uh, kids are still having sex and uh, they're probably not having sex with masks on. Would be my guess. Or maybe uh, they are is to yeah. add to the kinkiness. Yeah, maybe. It's a little kinky. A little role playing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just robbed a bank, honey. <laughs> oh, you're a racist. <laughs> so, but I'm, like I said, um, Luca can make some money overseas. Yeah. I mean, that's not, I don't think there's a mystery there at all. I mean, I think the one thing, and I, I did not listen to the podcast. I, I've never been a. I don't really. I've listen. never listened to other one pod- single podcast. I just it's just Ever. says more about. I'm just not really interested in other podcasts, and that's not an insult on other. It says more about me. I just don't care. No, I, I'm exactly the I same mean, way. It's enough to care about well, this. It's enough it, to care about this one. The thing, the thing is, I don't listen to other radio stations, and people always because you don't want to react to. No, them. I. We're, this is what it is. And yeah. there's times where I don't listen to us. Yeah. yeah, you know, I know what you mean. I just talk, and I'm not listening to myself, and you know, it's just Charlie tune out. So, but, but no, nothing would surprise me. But I'm worried now. To me, the stuff with the Yankees and the Phillies and the Marlins with COVID, that doesn't help in my eyes. Luca Garza coming back to college is that to you? Because to me, it's just going to push everything back. I don't think college. it helps anything. But can he go overseas? Well, Josh Agondale is coming over here. Is that because he's leaving England and coming to America? They don't want Americans to come over to Europe? What is it? I mean, oh, I, I I could be wrong about that, but I thought Luke had dual citizenship. Well, that doesn't matter. If it's, I don't think it matters. It's not. It has to do with safety, right, Captain? Yeah. It has nothing to do with citizenship. They don't want I any American. I mean, they don't want they don't want you in here because of the virus being. But can, can they legitimately keep their citizens out of the country? Well, I think they can make them come in quarantine or whatever. But mm-hmm. I, I think it goes mm-hmm. way beyond citizenship, though. I don't think citizenship. If there's a if there's a if they're prohibiting people coming from the United States, I think they're just prohibiting. Not doesn't matter who you are. I think it's just they're worried about you carrying the virus. Isn't that what it is, Captain? I. Th- the way I understand it is they don't, you know, if you're here, I don't know that you can get back there. But it's not every country. The European the U- Union has locked us. No, we can't go there. Okay. We, but So where is he going to play? See, the money, the kind of money that I think Frank's talking about, I think is in those big, really good, the European leagues. And what have you, the league that Matt played in his last well, year. Didn't he play in the... There's a different level of ball over in Europe. Like, um, was it not Russia, but... Yeah, where I can't uh, remember where Matt played. Ukraine. But yeah, and there's different levels of ball over there. And my yeah. guess is, obviously, Luca would be at the highest level of 
foreign basketball, I would think. I mean, without question. So yeah, that money and I'm I don't I'm guessing that wouldn't be a million dollars a year. I'm guessing that would be a two, three, four year con because I've. I've been told that these guys can make anywhere between 150 and 500 a, mm-hmm. a year playing over there. I mean, Andre Woolridge played over there for years and made good money. And Aaron White's been Aaron White's cleaning been, up and making good money. He's not making NBA money. I mean, we're not mm-hmm. when we say cleaning mm-hmm. up, we understand. We're, we're, but he's making a good six-figure living playing basketball. So, like I said, we can and plus a lot of the they get free room and board or all free lodging too. Yeah. He's yeah. got a pretty. Aaron's got a pretty good life right now. They said he's when we interviewed him that he's on an island. He lives on that island right off of Portugal. I yeah, mean, yeah. I looked it up on the globe. And I'm like, wow, look at that. I mean, where did you say the Canary Islands? Is that where? I can't remember. I can't remember. I could be getting it mixed up with something that was bombed in World War II too. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but it was something, and I looked it up, and it was in a really interesting part of the part of the world. And mm-hmm. so, you know, and Aaron, what's going on? Is he looking? For, what's he looking for? Who knows. Steve gets distracted sometimes, and who knows what he's doing. So what's that he's fondling? Is that the... I can't see. Um, I wonder if we're having a technical issue. It doesn't sound like it. I don't know. I can't see from here. Wow, he's moving furniture. Snake, maybe? Is there a snake? <laughs> I can't take my... I'm, I'm fi- I'm, I've never seen him move something big and, and be physical like that before. He moved that dresser. He moved it around. Now we're going to have to, he's going to have to update us now because we're both fascinated by what he just did, right, Tom? Uh, we are both in the dark as to what he just did. Both in the dark. Wasn't what? that? What? Did, what? Billy I, Squire in the dark, right? Billy Squire? What did you just do? What did you just do, Steve? Okay, the satellite system is down. Okay. So I just tried to reset one of the satellites. Okay, well, that's what I figured. Did it, it work? No. Are you pissed? I'm not. No, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> How about in, didn't Billy Squire sing in the dark? Yes. I don't know. Yes, he did. Were you a big Billy Squire fan, Captain? Mm, no. What about I'm Stroke Me? I, no. No, I liked uh, some of his stuff, but that was just. My Kind of Lover? I like it now. I like that was that. okay. I liked that. Yeah. My Kind I of Lover. I kind of liked that one. You didn't like Stroke Me? No. 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 I didn't either, to be honest with you. Uh-uh. So, um, what day do you think the stuff's going to come out this week? Because I do think it's coming. I've out been this week. expecting it each week the last two or three weeks. I haven't so expected it know. until this week. Maybe a little bit at the end of last week, but I, I mean, they've. It's we're running out of July. I mean, this is the last week uh, in July. What's today? The twenty seventh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is our last week in July, so I think it will come out sometime this week. And I did. It was interesting the way with Utah's situation. How much of the punishments rendered in that were done by the, the the law firm, or and how much of it was done by the law firm telling the athletic department what they feel they should do, and how much of it was just the review saying, "Okay, here's our findings. It's up to you guys to do." I think what what you just said, the last thing they don't recommend, they just gather Tell you, the here's facts. Here's what it is, and this is what it is. So this is what we do. It's going to be interesting because we, I mean, unlike. The Utah case, that just, the Iowa case built and built and built with examples with all these different players tweeting their experiences. Mm -hmm. It's out there. So it's going to be interesting to see. My biggest fear or concern or worry is if 
it's perceived by some that Iowa is trying to sweep someone under the rug and saying, hey, we got rid of Doyle. We've done enough. Let's move forward. Come on. That's my, because I don't think that will go over well. Do you? No. And uh, I, as we said, either Saturday or Friday, I, my biggest surprise here is that that other schools or other players have, haven't come forth nationwide talking about other programs with the same issues. Well, and this Utah thing's different, too, in that the current players – all voted, all voiced their confidence in the in right. the in the defensive coordinator, and the thing did happen seven years ago. Yes, it's, it's different, and I think it only came out. My guess is it surfaced during now because of the environment, because of everything mm-hmm. that's going on. Just like the James Daniels, just like the James Daniels tweet did. Yeah. So that's my biggest concern is that it's just going to lead to another whole flurry of this is ridiculous. I can't believe what it's going to take for you to take a series. That's my biggest. I'm not saying that's going to happen. But I also am worried that for some, the only way they're not going to be upset and pissed off if, if, unless heads roll. And I'm not ready to say that Kirk and Brian and all these guys need to get fired yet. I, I'm not ready. I'm, I can't go there. I, don't, I need to see more. I need to see more, and I need to see. And I don't recall any tweets from any of these black players saying that you need to clean house. No, nobody they has just said, said that. And most of them didn't even say fire Chris Doyle, but they said the problems start with Chris Doyle and you better change that culture or it's not going to get any better. That's not the same as saying fire him. No. So, I, I don't know. It's just, it's tough. I mean, it's... As long as we're, this is all speculation. Everything is speculation. Round two of the satellite. Okay, good. But the speculation, okay. Let's say that the findings by the, the law firm are so damning that... Kirk and staff are gone. Um, what do you th- do? You think there is a chance that uh, Bob Stoops would be interested? Well, I think you never say never. I've actually proposed that question to some. I'm not going to name any names. Yeah. Some of them laughed, and some was like, you know, I think if and we've talked about this before. I think if they approached Bob with the hey, your alma mater's in dire straits man you need to come we you know interim basis whatever you can even pick a head coach in waiting but we need your help bobby we need you to come we need a two or three year commitment please bridge the gap and hey we'll give you five million a year i would have to think that he would at least listen but i have not spoken to him i've talked to some people that are somewhat close to him they're like you know i don't know what bob would do under those circumstances but to me that would be the first thing you do if you're, that would be the first now what if gary barta pays the same price do you bring bob stoops in to be the ad and have him hire the football coach i mean does bobby stoop have any interest in well that's just i don't know in administration he he may bob stoops may listen to this and be like you guys are you don't know what you're talking about why would i do that because there is a reason bob stoops quit coaching in oklahoma i don't know what that reason is was he just burnt out at the age of 57 possible possible so maybe that means he's still burnt out and doesn't want to deal with the whole college scene anymore but to me if you're in a dire straits and you lose your football coach in early august or whatever i think you have to try that has to be one of your first options i I would think so and then if bob's like well i'm not making any commitment okay well then why don't you bring in because the cupboard's not bare let's bring in jay norvell as the head coach in waiting under you that's you know could you get Jay Norvell to leave Nevada to come to Iowa to be the head coach in waiting? You'd have Bob Stoops bridging the gap, and you'd have Jay Norvell, a former black player. That I mean, there's ways you could survive this PR-wise, mm-hmm. but a lot. I mean, that's we're assuming that these people, Jay Norvell, might be like, I don't want to be the head coach in waiting, and I'm already the head coach here or whatever. But to me, that would be one of the things you'd have to try to do early. Mm-hmm. 
if Bob, because that's what I've had multiple Iowa fans ask me. You think Bob Stoops would come back if we're desperate enough for him? And if they lose Kirk under these circumstances, Iowa would be in a desperate situation. A desperate situation. Because if Kirk's gone, Brian's gone, I assume. Absolutely. I think if Kirk's gone, staff is gone. Staff's probably gone, yeah, the entire staff. Because whoever you hire is going to want their own guys. Now, they may keep some of the later additions they, to the staff. Could. Derek Foster, Kilton Copeland, they're both black. There's been nothing bad said about them. They seem to have good relationship with the players. Kelvin Bill, I mean... Iowa's taken some steps. We've addressed this. That's a different staff than they had four or five years ago. I mean, I just – one of the things that really kind of bothered me was like some of these Iowa fans were like, hey, man, we made some changes. Look, we let them wear earrings now. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, the, the fact that they thought that letting them dress that they want to dress was like a major concession – I, I, to me, that's the root of the problem right there. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree. Just a lack of awareness, just a lack of understanding somebody else's culture and somebody else's identity. I t- that's where this whole problem started. No, you're exactly right. And, but, yeah, no, that, you, that question, you're not the first one to ask me that. And um, I've actually tried to get Bob Stoops on this show off and on for a long time, and it's not easy. I mean, it's just – he hasn't done, if you notice, he hasn't done much radio. No. And that league that he was coaching in, it, it was wiped out by COVID and yeah. what have you. So he definitely would be available. And he does have a son that plays at Oklahoma, and he may be like, guys, I don't need the money, and I want to watch my son play. Yeah. Well, and he might very well say that. And he doesn't need the money. No, he doesn't need the money. I mean, no. not at all. But, boy, add, what would that do to his legacy if he came back here and bridged the gap and – no real fall off, and let's say two years from now they win 10, 11 games on the Bobs. Could you imagine that? That would still be very sad, though, because if at least under the scenario you painted, Kirk Ferentz's legacy is just t- destroyed if that's happened. And I, I, that's another reason why I hope he gets a chance to, to fix things. Because I don't want Kirk Ferentz to be a lesser version of Paterno. I mean, that, you know, no. and, and but there's a chance that could happen if this review just says this was just started with the head guy. He had unbelievably no, and, racist. Know, yeah, and I just I don't want that to happen unless it is deserving. I'm hoping it's not deserving. I guess that's the best way I can put it. I'm hoping I can read this report from the review when it comes out and finally made public, and be like, okay, yeah, Kirk did turn a blind eye. He did trust too many people close to him, but I still don't see anything that shows that he's a blatant racist because I still don't believe that. I don't either. I just, I still can't bring myself to believe that. And that's, that's not disrespecting the black players' complaints either. I, I, no. I, you guys know me. I've been, I believe almost all of it. I mean, even a lot of what Darrell says, I believe. I mean, Darrell walked around with a trash can on his head. Darrell's problem is he got busted for drugs and did some other things that hurt his credibility. Yeah, I and, and with some fans, they won't they won't forget that, and they won't take. It I serious. have a hard time taking Darrell seriously, but yeah, the garbage can thing is ridiculous. I mean, that's and that's not just Darrell saying that. And, that's demeaning, and I do believe Aunt Amari Spivey, Spivey, and it's probably unlikely that a white player would ever have been put in that situation based on what we're seeing, mm-hmm. based on what we're hearing, based on what we're reading, on just based on the culture that's being described. Yeah. Well. The uh, chapter hasn't been written yet, obviously, and we'll still a lot more information to come. And I mean, between Garza and this review, it's like we've been sitting around waiting for stuff to happen for weeks. Well, and of course, and then the virus, and then too. the virus, and then you got him, Doctor Satellite here, just won't let up. That's, I like how he says he doesn't care about it, but well, he does care though. So, what does the satellite do for you guys? Um, depends on which one we get. We can get Lex and Terry. From oh, that. okay, okay. I, uh, 
So if you don't have your satellites working, you can't get any of your national. Get NASCAR. So then, what would you fill those spaces with if it's not working? Just have Hey Lang go for like a music eight hours. Or we have other ways of getting okay, getting programming. But but yeah, this is uh, I don't know, Tom. This is just this is that just, was a satellite failure on the uh, part of the uh, satellite system itself and not here. Would you call it an epic fail, Captain Steve? I would call it uh, as odd as I've seen it. Are satellites overrated, Captain Steve? Um, well, we get, like the Lex and Terry show, we get off of the Internet now because the satellite wasn't reliable. And we get CBS off of the Internet when the satellite isn't reliable. And we get NASCAR, NASCAR. off the the internet one. I, I, I don't know. The, we have I've other never ways. seen that before. I've never seen it before. Well, the problem that it it just went completely down, and the receiver. So you said, uh, but that's not on our end. That's on their end. That's on their end. I will say one thing. I'm going to say they going just back. Brought to, it back. Going back to what we were talking yeah. about, and I'm not saying it just because he was on our show recently, and he may not have any interest at all. But if I was Iowa, I would seriously give serious consideration about bringing Anthony Dean back into the athletic department in some capacity. Well, he was he was very impressive. I just and he may not want to. He may be perfectly content doing what he's doing, teaching and coaching in Indianapolis. But I'm telling you, they need some people like Anthony Dean in that athletic department right now. I think that would be a major step in changing the culture. Yep. That's just I, me. I agree. That's just me. But I've had so many people tell me how impressed they were with what Anthony said. He was able to still stay supportive and committed to the Iowa football program, but without disregarding what the black without players are dismissing. saying. Without dismissing. That's how you yep. got to do That's how you got to handle this. And you can't dismiss what the black players are saying, but that doesn't mean you completely give up on Iowa football. Iowa football goes beyond Kirk Ferentz. Can we all agree with that? With yeah. the, absolutely. Iowa football goes beyond Hayden Fry. It's been going on it for goes, 130 yeah, some years. Iowa football will figure out a way to get through this because Iowa football is more than just one or two individuals. It's more than just what's happening now. And that's but like I said, I mean this is this is tough. Yeah, it is. And of course it's been going on how long? 18 was 1895 or something like that the and first. Yeah, people Move near that stadium and bitch about the noise. Well, I mean, Iowa football started, <laughs> in eight, and then I think the Stones started the year after Iowa football, or do I have it, it turned around? You have it turned around. Stones were first, and then Iowa yes. football came yeah. out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I always, I always get that mixed and up. And then the, the uh, great, 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 great grandmothers <laughs> of, the, uh, of the women that married the Stones. <laughs> Roll over in their graves? <laughs> yeah, they're spinning, they're spinning like a lathe. <laughs> there you go. You think Mick would get mad if you ever heard us making fun of him on the... On the... I don't think oh, Mick he, would yeah. give a rat's ass, frankly. <laughs> He'd just count his money and make love to his 17-year-old wife. <laughs> No, I think she's 24, and it's yeah, his girlfriend. She's 24. It's his girlfriend. She's still wavering on the lifetime yeah, commitment. She does, yeah, she doesn't know about the lifetime commitment. But her friends are probably saying, well, you know, you marry him, chances are he's not going to live in more than 10, 15 years at the most. That money's yours. This could be someone associated with the Stones. Maybe this is Johnny Bolin or someone with the Stones right now. Oh, this is no, it's not. It's just lonely old Grandpa Dirk. Right. Sorry to disappoint. Dirk, no disappointment. Hey, here's a second for the vote of... Anthony Dean, I had the pleasure of playing softball on his team for a couple years back in the day, and you know, he, and this was back after his 
football playing days. He was some kind of employee for the athletic department. Yeah, he worked for the athletic department for about four or five years. Yeah, yeah, and that's about the length of time I played uh, with him on that team. Really stoic, uh, steady-as-she-goes kind of guy. Uh, great teammate. Quiet. Yeah, but, very quiet. Very stoic. Yeah, good word. Yeah. Uh, I just I heard the interview last week, and I heard what you just said, and I just think, boy, he would be a great addition to this athletic department. Um, having said that, I wanted to just ask you, kind of changing course here, but still sticking with the Big Ten football, I read an article this morning by another Big Ten writer, out-of-state writer, who talked about Rutgers and the financial devastation they're going through right now and the real possibility that they might not be even available to play for the other Big Ten opponents. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, Rebellion with the faculty and professors who aren't getting paid, who can let go. Uh, Huge, huge debt that is sucking money from other areas of education. Um, have you heard much about this, Pat? No, I've, I've heard some, not in great detail, but yeah, Rutgers. I mean, Illinois, the, Captain, we've talked about it. Illinois got issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, there's serious issues that are only going to get worse. Here's a quote. Bob Bowlesby um, contacted by the Des Moines Register after the Marlins canceled Monday night's game. You know, Bob Bowlesby's the Big 12 commissioner. If we are advised that it is okay to play foot, to play the football season, we should all expect that there will be such disruptions. That's what's going to happen. I, I, that's my biggest concern with football is you're going to have, oh, wow, they can't play. They don't have any quarterbacks. All their quarterbacks tested positive for the virus. They don't, I mean, that's – but, yeah, no, Rutgers, Rutgers doesn't make – I mean, Iowa makes so much money from football when things are going – Rutgers doesn't have that luxury. And This article implies that they might just not only – forfeit the season but they might give up football well if they give up football then how are they going to stay in the big 10 i mean right they, they just right. won't be able to i hope it doesn't come to that extreme i mean they do get a chunk of the television revenue but i mean it goes way beyond that so nothing would surprise me at this point but i didn't think rutgers was a good addition anyway i just i just didn't think i think they were going for rutgers just for the tell i get it the, the abs the new they york they wanted the new york but it you know, there's a downside to it, too, is Rutgers is just a horrible addition football-wise. Now, basketball and some other sports, well, they're, they're they've done okay. Basketball they've done okay, but football's where it all starts. They should have got Missouri. Oh, I agree. I've said that from the very beginning. And I, I yeah. can't imagine Missouri wouldn't rather be in the Big Ten than the SEC. Missouri and the SEC is, is just weird. Mizzou administrators got stars in their eyes when the SEC was an option. And... When the Big Ten didn't just automatically Bow. gift them, yeah. you know, membership, they went right to the SEC. And they've and done okay. I'll give Missouri credit. They've done better in the SEC as a football program than I thought they would. They've held their own at times. But, yeah, I mean, I just can't imagine they wouldn't rather just for travel reasons more than anything. Think about how far they have to travel to a road game. It's just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really is. So. Yeah, I feel bad for Rutgers, Dirk, but nothing would surprise me at this stage. I mean, I I just curious to see where all where we're all going to be standing next April. God, I just I'd never heard this about Rutgers, and I I'm not surprised, but I guess I'm surprised that the possibility exists that they won't field a team this year. Uh, and it might be a moot point. Who knows? With everything that goes on every week, every day is a new development. Uh, well, this stuff with the Marlins the, is not good for college football. No, it. it Rutgers, you know, I will say this. It was really good to see baseball on was. TV. Cubs are in first place. 
you know, there's a whole bunch of everybody. Nobody's got an, a three and zero record. There are a bunch of teams with two and one records. So did the Yankees? Somebody beat the Yankees. Somebody yes, did. Cause they, okay. Yes, they're two and one. Man, yeah. I think it's Washington. The Yankees they? look like they're going to be really good this year. Unfortunately. And um, how are the Dodgers? Have, has anybody paid any attention to them? I have not. Um, they they're were playing the Giants for. I know they've won at least one game, and I believe they have lost at least one game. Dodgers are two and one. Yeah. San Diego, Colorado, two and one. Cubs, Cardinals, two and one. Atlanta, Miami, Miami, two and one. Uh, Cleveland, Detroit, Minnesota. What are the all Reds? Two and one. What are the Reds? Reds are. Uh, one and two. See, they were supposed to be pretty good this yeah. year, and that's who the Cubs play next. I, I still, I mean, I'm actually surprised and impressed that the Cubs won two out of three. I think the Brewers are better than the Cubs. Their bullpen is so much better than the Cubs, but, you know, the Cubs found a way to get it done. I'll give them credit. Wasn't it good to see baseball, though? Yeah, no, it was. Okay, now tell me, here's what I don't understand. Why weren't the home plate umpires and the catchers and the batters wearing masks? Those are the most susceptible areas on the field. Yes, I they got are. Good question. And every time I saw Craig Council, one inning he's wearing a mask, the next inning he's not wearing a mask. Really? I know it was off and on this whole game. I couldn't understand that. Yeah, there's no in, there's no consistency with anything. My guess is they would say it's too hard to wear a mask with the catcher's equipment and what have you. That would be my guess, but I don't know. I'm not buying it, but I, I yeah, um, it it appears, and if I'm not mistaken, the rules are everyone on the bench, coaches and players on the bench, have to wear a mask. Yeah, but I saw Council plenty times without a mask on. Did you? Yeah, I watched the game, and I was like, why does he have it on? He doesn't have it on now, and then next inning he's got it on again. It there was, was something interesting yesterday in the Cardinals game with um, Pittsburgh. Early in the game, somebody on the Pittsburgh bench got tossed out of the game, and their manager, who's brand new, can't think of his name, first year as a manager, he comes out, and there are rules with about arguing, and you have to keep six feet. You have to wear your mask. And I love it. It was really interesting to watch him hold on to his mask and, and keep his distance. And, uh, yeah, you know, it takes something away from the a rhubarb when you can't see their mouth. <laughs> well, the other thing that's happening, too, and you saw it in the Cubs-Brewers game, they had a little minor, they both left their benches. Oh, and really? they, they asked Craig Council about it during the game, and he's like, guys, there's no fans in the stands. We can hear everything that's being said in each other's dugout. <laughs> he goes, that's going to be a problem throughout the season. That's what happened. They didn't – the Cubs – there had been some close pitches, and I think the Cubs batters were, were complaining about it in their dugout. The Brewers heard them. One thing led to another, and boom, they were up and standing. And they didn't – it didn't escalate, but Council – Did they cross the foul line? No, they did not. Council said that that's going to be something they have to guard against all summer long, and I hadn't thought about that. He goes, it's dead quiet in here, guys. We can hear each other think. <laughs> that's, that's You wouldn't have thought of no, that. No, I wouldn't No, have. but it's part of the deal. <laughs> well, really, isn't the biggest problem in the, in the locker room yeah. – Wow, I mean, you, can, seriously? Hey, guys, I don't need to uh, I don't mean to change the subject. Look, look what Cavante Martin Manley, the all-time receptions leader at Iowa, just tweeted. And I knew about Eric Campbell's situation. Eric Soup Campbell coached, or I was told about Eric, why he left. I could never get Eric to ever say anything on the record or Iowa. Uh-huh. Eric Soup Campbell coached, recruited the top three wide receivers statistically in the entire history of the Iowa football program in four seasons and was forced to leave based on invalid, biased, and racial opinions from the current head coach and offensive coordinator. New leadership is a must. Wow. That's Cavante Martin Manley. 
tweeting that. Wow. Yikes. And I knew that Eric Campbell, and then people could say, well, why didn't you do anything, Hardy? Well, I couldn't get anyone to comment on the record. At something. the time, wasn't it explained that he wasn't a good fit? Well, yeah, it was explained by Iowa, but what I was told, that he and yeah. Brian Ferentz just hated each other. And Eric Campbell resented Brian Ferentz kind of reigning over him because he was the head coach's son, and it was a bad fit. Which I was told, parents hated him? No, I was told that Eric Campbell and Brian Ferentz did not get along Brian, at all, okay. and it was Brian basically disrespecting him, and Brian was no higher up. He wasn't the coordinator or anything at that point, but he was Kirk's son, and it just created a really hostile environment. I, I made plenty of efforts to try to get someone to verify that story, but if you can't get the people directly involved to say anything on the record, I can't just go with hearsay. No. But that's really. I remember bad when news. he came in and he was touted as. Mm-hmm. Uh, Never I was recall, happy here. Not only a great recruiting guy, but also a notable African American. Yeah, coach. I thought it was a good hire. Now it's different recruiting to Michigan than it is Iowa. I think we can all agree that. And he was yes. a former Michigan player, but no, it never worked here with him. It was just, he came here from Michigan, right? Yeah, it was bad. He just did not get along with Brian Ferentz, and I feel comfortable in saying that because I've been told that by multiple people off the record. And was he here three four, years? He was here four years. Four years. Yep. Interesting. But well, yeah, listen, that. Uh, I I want to let Johnny call in. Be nice <laughs> if he could once. <laughs> Well, we're 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 gonna we're not giving up. We're not Captain, giving up. Captain, how are you celebrating Bobby Gentry's seventy-eighth birthday? Are you hoping gonna... that she jumps off a bridge. Okay. Wow. Well, so you're hoping she kills herself. <laughs> Actually, I thought that I thought that was one of the all-time great songs. Really? Truly. The Tallahatchie. Yes. Yeah, it is. I think it it's captured right. the mood. So no, perfectly. I don't, I don't hope she jumps off a bridge. Right, no. that, that song or Close to I You just, by the Carpenters? I, that that song. song, but I, no, I well, just, I don't care about people's birthdays. I could see you humming Close to You in the mirror when I, you're getting ready in the morning. I just, Is it, oh, I didn't, I like the Carpenters. Care. I don't, Captain, I saw the Carpenters live in Las Vegas. They opened it up for like Iron Butterfly? No, it was their own show. Closest I came was uh, we had an insect infestation in Muscatine, and I saw the Carpenters' ants. <laughs> you were never a fan of the Carpenters, Captain? Uh, n- no. Carpenters or bread? Uh, carpenters. By she, far. Boy, she met a sorry, sad end, didn't she? I mean, didn't she, she die did. of an- really anorexia? Sad. Anorexia. Yeah. She was gorgeous. No, I never liked her music, but I, I mean, God Incredible were, voice. Yeah, yeah, she did have a good voice. I mean, yeah. they... I just and no. I just he always asked me. I'm, I love Dirk and everything, but I'm. Just, I don't care about their birthdays. I don't care. I don't want her to kill herself. You played. No. You played Cannon for a year and a half, and you can't answer a question or two about a few birthdays. I'm just sick of birthdays. I just don't care. So is she still alive? It's, is that yes? She's still alive. And did you believe? Could you believe? What's her name? Olivia De Havilland died at 104. 104. Yeah. I didn't realize she was uh, yeah. hundred. Somebody, somebody posted under our uh, under our Facebook post. Did she have COVID? <laughs> I mean, take, you know, Olivia uh, De Havilland taken too soon. Yeah. <laughs> what? What did she? God died, needed died unexpectedly. What did God need? God needed a really, really old actress. <laughs> Hello. That'd be like me living almost a whole nother life. I'd yeah. run out of money. Hello. And friends and hope. Hello. Morning, guys. Morning. Morning. Hey, I wanted to remind you guys. I meant to call when Anthony Dean was on the radio, but he made he had an incredible game against Wisconsin in '92. Uh-huh. I think it was. Okay. Do you remember that game? He caught the game. 
tying touchdown. I do remember the game where he caught the game. It was his only touchdown of the season. I do remember that, yeah. We well, only had two touchdowns game. total. Yeah, and that was a, that was a big one though. Touchdowns to come within one point, and then caught the extra the two point conversion to win the game. Wow. Yeah, I, I do I remember, vaguely remember that. Yes, I do. I was up in the stands that day, and Wisconsin fans were everywhere, and they were just just being belligerent. And I turned around and said, "You know, you all haven't beaten us since Jimmy Carter was president." I, I was in error. It was actually Gerald Ford, but they, they were giving us so much heck. And at the end of the game, I mean. In my life, I never did this before, but I just got up in their faces. We all, you know, that's that's how it's done. Anthony Dean, you got her done. Yeah, and then Wisconsin won, and then unfortunately, Wisconsin won the Rose Bowl the next year. But they they didn't beat us. No, they didn't play Iowa. Years. Iowa was very lucky it didn't play Wisconsin in 1993. They didn't. They... Well, that's 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 debatable, but you know, it was well. Just, no, that's not debatable. Iowa, Iowa, Iowa was a six. Iowa was a six and five team in 1993. They weren't very good. Wisconsin was a powerhouse. Well, they're they, like Northwestern to them, though. We have their number. And again, when they finally beat us in '98, it took a miracle. Well, well not anymore. It doesn't. Well, I'm just saying that some no, of Wisconsin, no, no, Wisconsin's true. best teams rarely played Iowa during the '90s. The schedule that is was true. different. That's all I'm saying. They were well, just. There, there's, there's no telling what would have happened. You know, we might have lost to them, but we had their number for an awful long time. Oh yeah, I'm not denying that. That, but that day, I'm when not they denying. Come down here talking all kinds of crap, and then you know, hey, ha- have a nice trip back to Madison. Was it 19 straight years that we did not lose to Wisconsin? Something like that. I mean, the close. They came we, really close in '91. Remember, '75, and then again in '98. So whatever that is. It. Now, yeah, but they didn't play every year. It's right. not like they didn't play. They didn't play much during the '90s. They really didn't. We they tied missed. in '84. Yeah, they missed. A, they missed a lot of during the '90s. That was I, one of our better years, and they were not great at that time. No, they '84. They weren't terrible. bad. No, that was Dave McLean with Altoon. They weren't bad in '84. Wisconsin was terrible in the '70s. They were bad in the late '80s too. Yes. Yeah. They yes, were they bad. Were, Dave but, McLean yeah. actually from '81 to '85. They were pretty good. And then remember, he died suddenly of a heart attack. And it just went downhill until Barry came in and. Well, he turned them around real quick. Yes, he did. Sure. But uh, we need to beat them again and, and make it a real rivalry. I agree. We're kind of gone the other direction. I agree. That. I think but, that's uh, in. That's probably one of the top. Hey, guys, two three... I love your show. Thank and you. I every time I can, and I appreciate it. And go Hawks! All hey, right. Thanks so much for the call. He's right, though. Iowa, Iowa owned Wisconsin longer than Wisconsin has owned Iowa right now. And back then, a lot of celebrate Bobby Gentry's birthday. Well, a lot of that, too. Wisconsin was really bad during a lot of that time. Iowa really hasn't bad. been really bad since Wisconsin. Now, I guess for a couple of years late under Hayden there. But Kirk, other than about a three- or four-year stretch, Iowa's been pretty good um, during the stretch. So, yeah, that's to me, if you were to list five things on Kirk Ferentz's to-do list, assuming he survives all this, yeah, you've got to win a Big Ten title. That's number one, don't you think? Yes. got to beat Wisconsin. Absolutely. you got to start making that rivalry. Don't beat Wisconsin, you can't, you can't win the West. No, and I agree with the caller. you got to you got to turn the tide on that one. Hello. Good morning. You know how you can often see the coach covering their mouth with a clipboard or such yeah. when they're calling a play to prevent the other team from, mm-hmm. you know, seeing? Mm-hmm. Well, isn't this just one more reason that a coach should wear a mask? That way they won't even need to clip more. Huh, I hadn't yeah. thought about that. Yeah. Hey, I like that. Good call. Yeah. Make masks work for you. I like it. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. But, yeah, they are. They, you do good. see a good. lot of. Good. I yeah. liked that. You can have bad, it can hide bad dental work, too. You can save your dental bills. You save on dental. I don't have to get, ever go to the dentist again. I'll just wear a mask the rest of my life. <laughs> what do you think teeth. of that, Captain? With teeth on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just picture of teeth. Actually, one of the Hy-Vee employees, when this crap first started, had a mask with teeth on it. It was great. 
<laughs> I still go to Hy-Vee. That's the one place I consistently, like I went there yesterday, and I don't think I crossed two people in the store. It was literally dead in there. Really? Yeah, and then I just, you know, go get, take the groceries out. First thing I do when I get in the car is disinfect my hands. And so far, that's worked. Knock yeah. on wood, I hope it continues because I'm going to keep going to the grocery store here. That's pretty much that and Panera. I'll go to Panera and get some soup every now and then. Those are pretty much the only places I go. I go to Deli Mart. Jan goes to uh, either uh, Hy-Vee or Bread Garden. And that's well, that, it. that post office trip, though, that was the first time I've been to the post office in ages. I, just, I, I go most every day to the post office, but when I go in the morning, there's nobody there. I no, mean, I, I don't encounter anybody. I Like I said, I find it easier to avoid people at the grocery store than I do while I'm walking on the trails. I mean, Oh, yeah, the trails that, that you walk most of the time are, are just loaded. awesome are loaded. And they're loaded with people exercising, not wearing masks, and just spraying droplets everywhere. So, In fact, we kind of have quit walking on that, the path to Scott Park. For that reason, yeah, it's it's just very crowded. Yeah, now it hasn't been very crowded the last couple of days because it was so damn hot. That does make a make a big difference. I saw this person out walking these two big black dogs yesterday, and the dogs looked so hot. Man, just, that's just man. I felt like saying take them home, but it's none of my business. I just hope maybe they're just yeah. going for a short little block, walk. That around is the block. your business, and that's what we did, or what I did with Wapsie. I just make it my real business. Shortness. I just, I mean, the dog, dog will do anything you ask it to do. Yeah. I mean, a, a dog will walk until it dies. They're, they're, they don't get it. You know, a lot of them will. Not and Lily. We're the ones that need to make the, the decision for them. Just younger dogs is what I'm saying. As they get older, they get lazier, and it hurts more to do. But you just got to use your head. You know, you don't need to be walking your dog in 93-degree weather in the dew point at 70. My Lily dog steps outside, uh, right on the other side of the window, takes a pee, and then runs back. My basset right hound that I had that. years ago, I remember when we first got <laughs> Central Air. I think we got Central Air in my house for the first time in like the late 70s, early 80s. Would that be about right when Central yeah. Air? Yeah. And I'll never forget when we got it, this basset hound thought it was the great. She would just cake her whole body by the the register where the air came out and like in the winter she would lay right in front of the fireplace and then when the embers would pop out from the wood they'd burn her you'd hear her cry but she wouldn't move it was too much to move and then when she found that there was air coming oh she just loved it yeah i had a basset hound for 10 years she was a great dog what was her name fred oh his name no it was a she or she was named fred though because she was found my mom ran a dorm at drake called goodwin kirk she was the red and um the, all Amy these, it was, was an all male. There. It was an all male dorm back then, mm-hmm. so they kept trying to plead with my mom, take this dog home to your kid. I was six or seven years old at the time, and my mom had just started to go back to work, so I was alone some. And sure enough, March of 1972, my I get a call from mom saying, "Hey, check, dad and I are going to be driving home here in a little bit. Make sure you're outside." They drive home in our '63 Tempest. Yeah, and they open up the door and out walks yeah. this basset hound. Uh, and it just, that's what we had. And I had a I, and she she lasted all the way until May fifth night. She died a week before I graduated from high school. Well, we had to put her down. It yeah, was so Amy sad. was at that dorm on, uh, as a sophomore. Yeah, I lived on the third floor my freshman year and basement floor my sophomore year. But back then it was uh, um, back in uh, the days I'm talking about. Goodwin Kirk was all it was an all boys dorm, yeah. all men. So it had changed by then. Hello. Hi, Pat. You were talking about your dog being too close to the fireplace. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, being so close to danger in the trails and people not wearing masks. I, I found a solution. What's that? I think. I, well, I've stopped bathing, and then that way when I go out on the trails, <laughs> I think so bad people cover their face 
when I walk by, and I don't have to worry about getting their germs. I, I think I, I think I've been doing that for years. I could see that works. <laughs> it could have some benefit. There you go. I appreciate the. Maybe I'll just keep. You know, hey, I don't need to shower today. What the hell? What the? Hell? What do you think of that, Captain? What the hell? You're about as out of it as the satellite. Now I got. Now I got a satellite guy, some technical guy wanting to know what our altitude is. <laughs> It's from like the satellite place. How the hell do I know? The altitude of the altitude uh, South of Iowa the, City? I, yeah, I don't care. So we got more rain coming today? No. Man, we got almost two inches in like an hour yesterday, didn't we? Yeah. It was coming yeah. down. We needed it, though. My grass oh boy, all it was, really my grass down. all of a sudden looks so, I mean, my stuff was starting to get a little brown yeah. stuff was starting to now it all looks like it's back to life again like it was the best thing because it came down hard but it also for a while it was this nice steady drenching rain just what your plants need so but yeah these last couple of days have been hot and let's just hope all right here's put you on the spot will we you think Wednesday show will we be talking about the results from the review what's your guess oh I don't know I've been off on this thing completely. I think it's going to be so, sometime this week. I, I hope. I hope so. I want to. I mean, we got to know what's where we're going with this thing. I agree. And you know, you can't really turn the page until this information is is here. And this Cavante Martin Manley. It's yeah, that's not good. News. That he waited this long. That he waited this long to tweet it too. It's just. It's no. It's not good. No. It's not good. And he's been a. You know, he had success here, and he's always been a real positive guy on social media. And, I mean, this is – I'm going to see if he's getting attacked. Uh, Probably. Is he going to give more specifics on what was behind the invalid, biased, and racial opinions? As a fan, I'd like to hear more before having an opinion myself. I am not saying you are right or wrong, Cavante, but I'd just like to hear more. That's uh, some of the responses. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but when you've got Roddy Harmon – Akram Wadley and um, Darrell Johnson Kulianas, three of your most productive, greatest offensive players in program history, and none of them have any relationship with the program. That's unfortunate. It is. That's sad. And now Cavante Martin Manley, this obviously isn't going to help his no. connection with the current coaching staff. And he's all, he was not a great receiver, but he's still the all-time leading he receiver prolific. catches. He was prolific. And Marvin McNutt came out pretty strong today, too. There is just... Yeah, it makes you wonder, God, can Kirk survive all this negative energy by so many prominent black players? Well, we're going to find out. That's that's why this information from the law firm's got to come yeah, in. Yeah, it's got to, yeah. And, and, and you it know, will at some point. So. so I know Kirk's trying to change things and move forward, but... See, it's going to be hard to get guest football-related this week because we don't know... What's going to happen? I'd like to try to get somebody for Wednesday, but what if the story breaks like Tuesday night? I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to see. It's, I've got a couple ideas, but with this thing, I do think it's going to come out sometime this week. I really do. And just, well, if I, it breaks tonight, then that, then it breaks tonight. It breaks yeah. tonight. It breaks. And part of me hopes it does. Let's yes. get it. Let's get on with it. Absolutely. Let's, you know, let's get on. We'll all publish the report, and then we'll all write our reactions to it, and then we'll, then we'll move on. And I've asked you this before. Is there any possibility of good news with this thing? And what does, if so, what I does can't it look see, like? I can't see there how, how there could be good news with all these players coming out with these statements and with what the diversity task report already is. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how it can be good news unless you're just completely being blind to what's going on. I just, and, you know, I'm not saying, 
I'm assuming guilt before innocence or whatever, but I mean, how much more proof do you need besides the diversity task report and 50 former players saying similar accounts of being mistreated? I mean, how much more? Yeah. No, that's right. I mean, like I said, I mean, I don't know any other way to put it right now. I'm still willing to wait, and I'm not going to – I'm certainly not going to write anything saying they need to clean house right now. I'll wait and see what the review says. But the house needs some serious cleaning. I will say that. And the last 24 hours, uh, 469 more COVID cases, three more deaths. In Iowa. State of Iowa. Iowa. And see, that's just not conducive to having football played this fall, is it? No, it isn't. So – Nope. We'll see. We'll be back on Wednesday, and um, you know we're very hopeful. I mean, Johnny Boland's going to call in what nine fifteen? We think. <laughs> yeah. Sitting. In what the- if Johnny Boland calls in and starts asking you about famous birthdays, Captain? I'm going to tell him to go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, that, that's it. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Hawkfanatic.com. Check it out. <laughs>